0: Thank you for listening to The Power Shift Mindset. We'll be discussing techniques, concepts, and strategies to help you achieve the success and happiness you're looking for. Hey guys, it's Coach Jay. This week, Shruti and I are talking about how we only have one life. It's based off on one of the reels I saw on Instagram, which says, Everyone has two lives. Your second begins when you realize you only have one. Hey guys, it's Coach Jay, and I'm back this week with Shruti and this week we're doing a show based off a quote that I heard. I mean, those of you that have Instagram, um, I know Facebook has their version, but they have the reels. We have the audio track that you can put your own photos and videos against. And there was one that said, we all have two lives. Your second begins when you realize you only have one. And I know I just did an episode last week with my friend Rita and we threw the phrase out there, near-death experience. And sometimes that's what people need to wake up and realize, wait a minute, we only have one life. Let's make, let's make it count. I mean, we talk about work-life balance and everything that goes on with it. Um, there's a lot of things that just make you realize I'm not going to get a second chance at this, whether that be a second chance at enjoying time with your friends and family or a second chance of I mean, taking up that hobby or whatever it is. Yes. We need to work. Yes. We need to play, pay our bills. Yes. We need to be, I mean, financially successful enough to to have our, to get to our, our obligations, like I said, paying bills and stuff like that. But at what point is, are we letting our life go? I and mean, it's like that quote, I, I don't live to work, I work to live. And Trudy, what's your feeling on this I and mean, the quote itself? And I mean, basically how I introed this where that work-life balance.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think that a lot of the time, you know, especially during the week, that's where our time and energy goes is going to work and then come home. I mean, if you have kids, it's like, oh, you get home, just make dinner, you get to see your kids. And then after a while, maybe you watch TV for like an hour, then you brush your teeth, go to bed and start that all over again the next day. And I heard England is actually doing, or even in Europe, they're doing like a four-day work week, which I think is like healthier actually, because it's like life is so precious and we should be enjoying the beautiful moments. And like you said, yes, we have to be somewhat financially successful and pay our bills, but it's also the moments in life that we really live for.
0: Well, I'll, I'll touch base on that, on the four day work week in the shop that I was in, we worked for the most part, a four day work week. Now with that said, I got to take every other aspect into it our workday started at 5am, meaning for 20 something years, I woke up at 4am. So let's back it up the day before. Like you said, you get home, you have dinner, you want to spend a moment with the kids a moment with the, the, the husband or wife or or your significant other. And next thing you know, it's, it's bedtime. If you're going to bed any sooner than 10 o'clock, you, you really didn't get much time. I mean, you rushed home from work, you, you did dinner, you did laundry, you did whatever else you helped the kids with homework. What do you have two hours? So now you push it to 11 o'clock. So you're living on five hours of sleep. So the, the attractive part when I worked at the shop, we worked 10 hour days. I was out of work at three o'clock every day. And, and those that worked the nine to five or that seven to four, they were like, Oh, that's so lucky. Yeah, I wake up at 4 a.m. to be in for five. Oh, no, no, no. Forget that. Forget that. So there is a balance. Yes, it was great to have a three-day weekend all the time. It was great to be able to take that one vacation day on a Thursday and have a four-day weekend. Or anytime the the natural three-day weekends came, your Memorial Days, your Labor Days, your your three-day weekend where you had the Monday off, we already had the Friday off, we had a four-day weekend. So it was nice to have that. And the four day work weeks are great. But if we're still doing 40 hour work weeks, that means you're working 10 hour days. So there is a sacrifice with that as well.
1: Absolutely. It's either or because you started your day at 5 a.m. So you really are going to bed, like pretty much like after dinner and watching like an episode of a show with your significant other and then starting your day all over again. But having that extra day does make a difference. So it's like, how do we find that balance in our lives where it's like our attention and our time is going towards the things or the people in our life that we really love while also doing fulfilling our duties?
0: Well, it's like one of the guys at the shop, um, the guy that I, I'm, I'm back at the shop helping out. And when I say I'm back there, I mean, this week, because they did their, their picnic going into the holiday shutdown. One of the reasons why I left the shop, that forced shutdown, forced to use the limited vacation week. Um, I'm anywhere from eight hours a week to I, I've done a 20 hour week. But again, I'm going in when my schedule allows it. I'm doing anywhere from three to five hour days, three days a week, usually. And he was just kind of teasing me, busting my balls, saying, oh, so how are things going? You making six figures yet? I mean, I left the shop, so I must must have left it for bigger and better things. He's like, no, I'm not. Financially, I'm doing the same and maybe even a little less than I was doing at the shop. But I'm healthier. I'm not on concrete all day long. I'm not waking up at 4 a.m. all day long. And. Yeah, I, I, I didn't get rushed to the hospital with that, quote unquote, near death experience. But at the same time, at a 99.9% blockage, how do I know that next time I lifted that 40 pound pan to work above my head at the shop, that wouldn't have been enough to drop me? I mean, I was technically close enough that it woke me up. I mean, how many people have their heart attack and then finally quit smoking? How many people get diagnosed as diabetic and finally stop eating sugary snacks all the time? I mean, why do we need something that extreme to realize we only have one and to make those big changes?
1: Yeah. Why do we need that wake-up call? I think sometimes, I think sometimes that does happen to like teach us of like, okay, this is like time for us to wake up and it doesn't have to go there. It's just about, you know, like maybe just, you know how your body feels too I think I think we're very in tune with ourselves so it's like oh like I've been feeling this way it's like what's the common theme here of like why I've been feeling that way okay let me let me start out by cutting those sugary snacks maybe I'll do it to like two times a week three times a week see how you feel the next week oh okay oh yeah I don't feel as bad or I don't feel as you know like some people who drink I've heard them say Oh, when I cut out alcohol, like a lot of my stomach problems went away. And it's like, if you just test it out, you really can just recognize what you need more than anybody else. Like a doctor of course will tell you, but like, you are also capable of that on your own to be in tune with your body.
0: Yeah, oh, uh, definitely. And, and we have to go, I mean, I, I bring it up all the time. We're going with the, the two years of COVID where we're so focused on everyone's physical health. I mean, don't get COVID. Don't get COVID. Don't get physically sick. But we neglected mental health, psychological, emotional, and, and whatnot. And going back to me leaving the shop, yeah, maybe financially, I'm not, quote unquote, better than I was before. But psychologically, emotionally, I'm much better. I mean, yesterday and the day before, I was in New York City. I just went to two Yankee games. I and. Mean, I have my schedule. I make my schedule. I had no appointments on Wednesday. I rescheduled a personal training client, and my wife took the Wednesday off. We went out to the city, took the train out Tuesday night, went to the game Tuesday night, spent the night in the city, had dinner, woke up the next day, walked around, went to a nice one o'clock matinee game, and we were home by seven o'clock. At the shop, I wouldn't have been able to do that. Or if I did it, it would have cost me that one of my very limited vacation days. And then that means when it came time to do the family vacation, I wouldn't have been able to take a full week because now I'm down to four days for that what would be that week. So it has other values that don't always go by the value of the dollar. I mean, I tell my kids all the time, and they're 14 and 17. When you go out after high school or after college and you're negotiating your your pay for a potential job, and just to throw numbers out there, let's say they're going to start you at 50000 in two weeks. I mean, don't argue for 55,000. Argue for, no, oh, I'll take the 50, but I want three weeks to start because down the road, that is going to have so much more value than, than the dollar. That time with your family, that time for you to rest and recuperate and relax and, and take that stress off. It's, it makes you realize that, again, our, our second life begins when we realize we only have one. And, and I mentioned it numerous times that when I went out to Utah to visit Jen, last year, it was the first time in nearly 25 years. I've been on a plane four times now. My honeymoon 21 years ago, my cousin's wedding about six years ago. Those are the only times my wife and I have been on a plane because of my limited time with the shop. Since I left, I've been on a plane twice. And the feeling that I had when I got there, just the fact that I was able to do it, I had the freedom. It meant so much to me. And like I said, I got emotional. I'm typing something up on my coaching page and realized wow I really did not have a life while I was restricted with what what was given to me in in that situation yeah. and it it's amazing how much you you really realize what you're missing once you you realize it and then make those changes and, and and I'm not saying everyone should go out there on, on Monday after the nice holiday weekend and or on Tuesday and go and quit your job. I mean, there's takes a little more. I mean, I I contemplated this for a solid five years, and trust me, I've been thinking about it longer. But it was, I had my little post-it note. Actually, it was a quite big post-it note in multiple places in the house that reminded me of what I had and or didn't have. Um, so it wasn't just this one day I woke up and said, "Oh, I'm quitting my job." It wasn't that, but. You gotta look at everything. Look at your health. The health is most important.
1: I mean, mental you, health, your yeah. physical health, your whole, you know, health is wealth. I always hear my parents say that. And I think it's it is very, very true. And I think there was like a study done a while back. I remember hearing that like people who stay at jobs which are really unhappy with or miserable with are more likely to have depression actually than somebody who like let's say doesn't have work or or versus being at a job you love and you might make a little less money but your well-being is like much happier because you're following your purpose and what you feel connected to and I remember I think we talked about this in other episodes I remember when my mentor said you know like keep your keep your other job that you have to make the money while pursuing your passions and then when that starts bringing you money and income then switch to that as like your main career so you can do both you can still be like working making your money still pursuing your passions and then that starts picking up and paying off for you then you can fully commit over there so yes like we have to be like real of course we have bills to pay you know you have to put food on the table so you can't like not work at all but I think there's a way, I think if the mind can imagine something, you can achieve it. There's like a quote like that too. It's like, if it can be imagined, it can be achieved. If you can think about it and see it and envision it, what is stopping you? And I think when we also, I'm like, you know, I'm very spiritual and just tapping into like higher frequencies. It's like, where are you feeding your attention to? Is it with love? Is it with, you know pure intentions of like happiness versus fear, guilt, all of that because you're gonna attract what you're what you're putting out there. So it's like it doesn't have to be, I think it doesn't have to be when people are like, oh, hard work, I think I don't know if I necessarily agree with that. I don't think it's work hard. I think it's work smarter for me personally, because like when you work too hard, you just feel burned out that like if you work smarter and more strategically, you still have your energy and you can achieve many things. I think it's 80% mindset and 20% work. So I think we've just been conditioned to believe that like, Oh, you got to work really, really hard. Yeah. You got to work, but you can just save yourself a lot of time. If you just, um, don't burn yourself out.
0: Well, I mean, you, you mentioned a couple of the, the, one-liners that are out there. I mean, the health is wealth and work smarter, not harder and, and stuff like that. I mean, I mentioned near-death experience and we've all heard that phrase before and a lot of them sound goofy when we just throw them in and out there, but when you really think of a lot of them, they they do make sense. I mean, going with that health is wealth and it's kind of a, a, a different aspect of it, but you have the people that might have money, but their health is failing and they're going to look at the person who doesn't have as much money, but is as healthy as can be, who's living the better life, the healthy one, the person that happens to have the cash, it's not making them walk with their bad leg any better. It's not making them I and mean, work out when their, their back is hurt any better. And uh, another thing I know they've done studies before where you'll have companies that'll pay for someone's gym membership. Obviously it needs to be used for this to, to calculate, but they say that If a company pays, let's just use round numbers, they pay $100 for a gym membership, they will get a minimum of $200 return on investment from that employee that's using the gym membership. So now this person is going to the gym, using it two, three times a week, exercising. Now that time where they've normally called in because of the back pain and they took a sick day and you lost production from them you don't lose that production. Now that their body is stronger, they have a better immune system. They're not calling in with the sick day. So you get a, a, again, health is wealth. That company just made money on the investment of a gym membership for their employees. And it's been proven. It's been proven that, I mean, healthier employees don't use as many sick days. And and let's take out the, it's 75 and sunny. Boss, I'm not coming in. It's 75 and sunny. Not that type of sick day, but a legitimate I don't feel good. I'm injured. That type of sick day. They are reduced by people that are healthy. So when that company pays for your gym membership and, and it actually gets used, that company makes a, a 200% in profit on their investment of that membership. And I mean, it's, it's proven and it's, there's so much more to, to life than making the dollar. And like I said, that, that one really caught my attention. And I say, my family history didn't kick me in the ass, but it sure tapped me on the shoulder. And that expedited me leaving the shop, realizing how much life am I missing out there? I mean, I only have the one life and I'm not doing things with my family because I'm limited. I can't take my kids places because I'm limited. I can't enjoy the activities I want to do because I'm limited. And yes, I understand We all have bosses. There's a hierarchy. We can't all be entrepreneurs. Um, But there are opportunities to go out there and, and the episode we did, know your value. I mean, know your value, even where you are. And talk to your boss. Say, hey, listen, I know what I'm worth. And I don't want the extra dollar. I want the extra day. I don't want, don't give me five grand more. Give me a week off. And what, however, however it calculates, take that in consideration. If we do have the, the younger college age crowd that's listening to this show, I mean, really take that into mind because here's another one of those phrases. I mean, I wish I knew now or I wish I knew then what I know now. And I like to say, I wish I understood then what I know now or what I understand now. At 21 years old, going into the shop and I, I get a week vacation right off the bat. It's like 21 years old. I have no kids. I have no wife and I'm staying home. And getting paid for it, this is great. And I'm getting my $7, $8 an hour, getting my check, going camping, going out, doing whatever I'm doing. The next year, it's like, wow, I'm at two weeks free, do whatever I want and get paid for it. This is great. Not realizing at that point, the shop maxed out at two weeks. I I didn't understand enough to look into the future where now I'm going to have a wife. And you're telling me I have to take the week here? On the week of 4th of July, my wife can't get that off. So now the value of that vacation decreased. Yes, I'm off. I get to rest my body, but I don't get to spend it with my family. And now tack on a couple more years. Now I have kids. Now I want to do stuff with the kids. And wait a minute. Now I've been here seven years and I'm still only at two weeks, 10 years. I'm still only at two weeks. Sometimes when when we're younger and at 19, 20, 21 years old, 22, just out of college, you're not necessarily thinking five years, 10 years down the road, wife and kids and stuff like that. So understanding these things a little better, it it would definitely help. I mean, we might know it. We knew we maxed out at two weeks vacation, but we really didn't understand what that meant five, 10, 15 years from now. So true.
1: You're right. I think things about perspective too and, and also
0: what just resonates for you? Every individual person is different. Well, yeah, I mean, there's, and like you said, everyone's different. My, my uncle, I and mean, I, I've used my parents or my father and my uncle, for example, um, my father had a very regimented military career, all his ducks in the row, four heart attacks, hip replacement, knee replacement, pacemaker, defibrillator, triple bypass, whatnot, but he's set. He's got his military pension. He's got his life, his his health insurance. He's got everything set. My uncle loved what he did and loves what he still does. He plays music. He's actually playing up in Cooperstown, New York tonight as we're recording this. He's playing out on on Seagull Lake. So if you've been to the Hall of Fame, there's a lake a block away from there. He's playing at the Old Asaga Inn where most of the Hall of Famers stay on Hall of Fame weekend out on the deck. I'm sure my father and my kids are up there. They're going to go watch him play. Loves what he does. Makes stretchers for artists. He has million-dollar paintings. He's met some of the greatest artists in the world. Been to Europe, sailed to Cuba, played music all over the place. Stage four prostate cancer. He has no oh. no set pension and retirement and life savings and stuff like that because he lived for the day. But which which policy was better? I mean, there. trust me, there's, there's guys out there that are number crunchers, that they went into accounting and all they do is sit in a cubicle behind a desk and count numbers all day and they genuinely enjoy it. So I'm not saying don't go get what I would consider a boring job. There are people that enjoy that sterile environment of just crunching numbers. It's exciting to them to do that math and to do stuff like that. So I'm not saying you have to have this job that travels the world and meets all these people. Uh, there, there's people for every situation out there. So I'm definitely not saying you have to have something like that, but the mo- money does definitely doesn't buy happiness. I, I've done the story many times with uh, mother Teresa and princess Diana, how one had all the money in the world and wasn't necessarily the happiest person. And one lived in poverty and was probably the happiest person ever walked the planet. They died a week apart from each other. So what, what setup is necessarily best, um, so it does take all types to make the world go around. Um, but definitely, I mean, look at the people around you and the life around you and, and what you what you have and, and also what you're missing out on and see what you can make those adjustments.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot to reflect on.
0: I mean, I, I know, I mean, you and I have never talked I and mean, dollar amounts and what we make, and obviously that's personal information. But I see that you travel a lot. You have, similar to me, you have, from what I see, a bunch of part-time jobs. You don't have your normal forty-hour-a-week, no. nine-to-five, punch-the-clock job. But you've been all over. I and mean, most of the times when you've you've uh, missed the recording, it was because you either had an audition or you were traveling for some, one of your businesses. And you've been to California. You've been I and mean, all over the place. And and I think you were just in the Netherlands within the past year, um, it, so yeah. it's having those opportunities to do that. And yes, maybe you're making a couple dollars less than would be ideal, but you'll never get the chance to to have that opportunity again.
1: Exactly. And, and
0: so, which which has more value? I mean, being able to go and do that, or if you had an extra fifteen hundred dollars in your bank account, what in the long run, what was more worthwhile?
1: Right, and you know you're going to, like, even if you save your money, you're still going to, like, end up spending in other places. And it's like, okay, well, I could have been making a movie, but rather I had this $1,500 extra in my account. And sure, yeah, that's nice, but what about the time that I could have spent doing something I love,
0: just like you're saying? I mean, take the gas prices of current times out. Um, when I made that trip out to Utah and then when I went back to Vegas for the tournament, uh, again, all these national tournaments, I was just just at the club practicing and someone asked if I'm going to um, Buckeye Classic out in Ohio. And right now, no, I'm not going. I mean, could I change my mind in the next week? Possibly. I mean, it's a $200 registration fee, so I, I don't think I'm doing it this time. I will be going to outdoor nationals. Again, me and my son shooting at $200 apiece, not to mention hotels and dinners and stuff like that but I have the freedom to do it. And like you said, you get these opportunities to do stuff. And it's amazing that the the value it has. And like, when I looked at airfare and when I flew out to both Vegas in, in Utah and Utah, and when I flew out to Utah the first time, I flew in through Salt Lake City, but round trip from from the Northeast. One time I flew out of Connecticut. One time I flew out of New York, it was 200 and something dollars. I think one time it was 198 and so when we look at what it costs, I mean, you can blow that much money going to the local country fair I and mean, it costs you $12 to walk in the door. You buy cotton candy for five bucks, some fried Oreos. Next thing you know, you're a hundred dollars deep. You play a couple of games. You just spent $200 and two hours worth of, of stuff. And don't get me wrong. I love going to country fairs. I and mean, Yeah. But, but when you look at what it costs, to fly across the country and and visit these areas and yes we're tacking on hotels and other things but the point being everyone avoids doing things like oh airfare is so expensive and when you think about it these are values that you'll add to your life being able to travel and see these places
1: yeah it's true there,
0: there was one i just shared on facebook where i had a whole bunch of different landmarks throughout the country and it said the average person has only visited five and I think I had been to 12 or 14.
1: Wait, say that again?
0: It it was a whole bunch of landmarks throughout the country and it said the average person has only visited five of them and I think I had been to 14 and it included like Zion National Park where I just went to recently, Las Vegas where I just went to recently. So like there were three or four of them that I just saw within the past and past year. Um, and same thing, Jen had filled it out and there were three or four that she had only seen because I took her to New York city. So she saw Times square and saw central park and didn't go to the statue of Liberty, but saw a lot of the, I mean, multiple landmarks in that same general area, similar to how Zion and Vegas are within a couple hours of each other. And it helped that there were a lot of East coast things between Washington, DC and stuff like that. Um, but it's like, when you look at stuff like that and I mean, how much is there to see in this country? And again, not everyone's thing is traveling, but the life. Who doesn't
1: love to travel? Most people love to travel, but yeah, I see what you're saying.
0: Right. I mean, there are there are people that rather have their toys. I mean, rather have their their dirt bikes and their. I mean, I know a guy I work with or worked with at the shop. I mean, he's not a big hop on a plane and travel thing. So he has his vacation home and. in in New England and he's got his bikes and stuff, but he's got that place to stay. He's got the thing. But again, if you're not set up where you can afford, not just financially, but vacation time, PTO time, afford the opportunity to go and use it, again, it decreases its value.
1: Yeah, it is. I feel like the key word here is value. What is valuable to you?
0: And going back to, again, We all have two lives. And the second one begins when we realize we only have one. One thing I'll never forget was uh, another coach. I actually coached with him my last couple of years of coaching high school soccer and baseball, Um, but he would drive the bus when me and coach B were coaching. And there was one time he just said, and I've said this before that you only get 10 years. So for the the new parents or the people that are going to be parents soon, you only get 10 years with your kids. You can't really interact with them until they're like six or, seven or five or six years old. And then when they start hitting 15, 16 years old, they rather spend time with their friends and not so much with their parents anymore. So that one stuck with me, where it's like, make the 10 years count. And my yeah. older one's 14 now, my, or my younger one's 14, my older one's 17. And, and at times I do see that, that it's like they're outgrowing their parents. So what, remember, you only have that one life. And that that brief moment to be with the kids and to to travel and and really look at everything going on. Um, again, all our shows tend to overlap, so we're going into the what is the value of your life financially, PTO time, and I, I think it's a really big thing to look at your your mental health, emotional health, and on, on top of the physical. Yeah. And, and Judy, what are your your final thoughts on on that? Where I mean. What's it yeah. take for us to realize we only have one life and to really make any adjustments to give the overall life its, its most valuable format?
1: You know, I think it's more something, again, individually, which people can answer. So finding that balance within yourself from mind, body, and soul and seeing like, okay, well, how do I feel at this point in my life? What do I feel like, what area do I feel like I'm not fulfilled or where would I like to be fulfilled? So having that conversation with yourself and being honest with yourself and then taking action towards that.
0: Like I said, there's a lot to think about. Everyone's got to sit back and and just look at what you have, maybe what you've missed out on over the years and see if you can make any adjustments. Again, not everyone can just go and quit their job and start something new. Cause then again, if you had your four weeks, you're probably starting now with two or three, Um, but definitely, think about that for, for your value and in, in your life and I mean, enjoy it. Like I said, I, I don't wish a health issue on anyone, but unfortunately sometimes it takes I mean, everyone to get that little kick in the rear to wake up and realize you only have one life and let's enjoy it as much as possible. Beautiful. So hope you guys enjoyed the show and we'll see you next week. Shift Mindset Podcast is for entertainment purposes only. While the suggestions, strategies, and practices we have given have been proven successful for our personal use as well as clients we have worked with, these recommendations should not supersede instructions given by any licensed professionals, including but not limited to your primary care physician and mental health professionals. Thank you. Thanks for joining us today for the PowerShift Mindset Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. Be sure to like and subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at the PowerShift Mindset. And also visit the PowerShiftMindset.com. Thanks again for listening to The
1: PowerShift Mindset.